You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, 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 everyone around the world, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we want to encourage you to have a miracle today. Yes, you could settle for having a nice day, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, wouldn't you like to have a miracle today if that's in the running? Well, some of you think that having a miracle, just one miracle in a lifetime is amazing. But how about having one today? You know that old adage, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? A miracle a day would probably do much more than that, wouldn't it? In fact, why settle for one miracle a day? Well, for most of us, having at least one miracle each and every day would be a great start to living life in a brand new way, wouldn't it? We call that way of living, living the miracle, like the name of our radio show. That's why we regularly address the subject of miracles on our show in some way. Today, we'd like to further explore miracles in having a miracle each and every day. People often tell us, have a nice day. It's nice when they do, especially when they sincerely mean it. Sometimes people just say that to to get out of a conversation. (laughs) Have a nice day. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) But if they sincerely mean it, they're giving us their blessing and support for us to enjoy our day, aren't they? Of course, in this challenging day and age of so many major changes happening so fast and so often in our lives, such a reminder often helps us get back on track. But what would happen if people regularly reminded you, hey, have a miracle today? For for starters, you'd probably remember that it's actually practical and realistic to reflect upon and be grateful for all the miracles in your life and that there is a definite possibility that a miracle is in store for you this very day. Somehow, reminding ourselves of miracles in whatever way helps us be more open to having them. One of the ways of keeping yourself more open to having miracles is to depend on them more. Most people don't count on miracles because they feel they can't depend on miracles. Come on, be realistic, they might tell themselves. They believe you can't depend on something you don't have any direct control of. But the truth is, most things we depend on happening in life, we don't really have direct control over, do we? After all, when you hop on a jet to fly you somewhere, unless you're the pilot, you don't have any direct control over getting the plane to your destination, do you? Not only that, you don't have direct control over what the weather's going to be or how the airline's business is going or whatever that may affect your flight. 
That even applies to you driving your own car to a destination as well. You might think you have control because it's your car and you are the one driving that car to your destination. Perhaps you have a bit more direct control because you can train yourself to be an excellent and safe driver and you've taken great pains to maintain your car in tip-top shape, so there's a better chance that you'll get yourself to your destination in one piece and in a timely fashion. Yet, you don't have much say-so on road conditions to your destination, the weather, or other unforeseen factors that could affect your travel plans. So, are miracles less dependable? Perhaps miracles are less predictable, but they are not only dependable, they are far more dependable than pretty much anything else you need to get done in life. What we feel we can expect that will happen in a way we expect them to happen are those things that we feel have much more, we have much more personal control over. Some people end up micromanaging everything because they're afraid that if they don't, things won't happen in the way they expect them to. The emphasis here is on personal control. Is what you have personal control over more dependable? Or is that which is given from that which is all-knowing and limitless more dependable? Well, my vote (laughs) would be on the all-knowing and limitless. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, no comparison, right? Of course, trusting in and counting on the all-knowing and limitless is an ongoing lesson in living the miracle. It sure is. The really challenging part, at least for me, has been having to trust myself as spirit first <laughs> in order to actually be able to trust in the divine, right? You, you can't do anything in relationship to someone else, even the divine, if you're not relating to the yourself that way. Just like you can't love someone else only so far as you love yourself. So anything to do with having a miracle is a two-way street between who we are and who the limitless is. Ah, that's the adventure, isn't it? That's, That's what I find to be incredibly exciting, incredibly fun, joyful. It's, it's an adventure that's unlike anything else. The limitless is always and forever undivided and therefore one. And as such, has absolutely no need for even one miracle. Miracles are only for us. <laughs> us who are as of yet divided in our mind. Spirit is undivided, one, and limitless, always. But how we look at, how we think about, what we believe about ourselves divides us from that wholeness. The bottom line of all healing is to release that illusion of division, invalidation, isolation, and lack from our consciousness. I mean, for example, invalidation. I'm sure every one of you 
has experienced what you would call being invalidated, feeling invalidated, experiencing invalidation in life. I'm not valid. (laughs) But what's invalidation? Invalidation means you are not. Oh, so it doesn't matter. You are not good enough. You are not smart enough. Tall enough. You're not tall enough, enough. short enough, you know, whatever. (laughs) There's always something. You're not. You are not. That's the essence of all invalidation. And therefore, invalidation is never, ever the truth. Ever. I mean, I don't have to take it case by case. Across the board, invalidation is never true. So don't believe it. (laughs) I mean, just think about it. You are not. How can that be true? If you weren't, you wouldn't even be hearing what we're saying or anything. You couldn't talk. You couldn't You couldn't breathe. You couldn't do anything. So how can you not be? Ah, so so that's you know that's the funny part. If if you really look at it, you find humor. It's really amusing, and that's that's why I laugh a lot because it's you're you're looking at. Oh, I was stuck on a lie, an illusion. It appeared to be. It felt like it was real. It felt like it was true. But then, if you really wake up, if you really look at it, you'll find, oh no, hey, here I am. Okay? As long as I don't get caught up in exactly who I am, how I am, why I am, all that stuff, but just the question of, am I? Of course I am. <laughs> How can I not be? Ah, so we tend to get stuck on what we're not. You know, I'm not good enough, right? Doesn't have to have to be that. So we realize we are whole, well, good, beautiful capable, and a whole host of other wonderful attributes when we let go of our mental images that we keep on our mind about us being separate from all of that wholeness. Ah, That's all. The wholeness is always there. Spirit always is. So what really happens to us when we experience what we recognize as a miracle? For one thing, the miracle any miracle, confirms for us that what we previously believed in as reality may not be that real after all. For example, according to my calculations, there was no way we could have done what we did in the time allotted during our big move. Many, many times. Years ago, I had an experience of traveling with two families to Hawaii. And on the final day, we all thought that our flight was much later on in that day. So we were taking our good old time packing and checking out of the condo. 
Finally, when we were about to pack our luggage and ourselves into the two separate rental cars, someone exclaimed in surprise, Oh no, we're not going to make our flight. <laughs> when I looked at our tickets and the time, I knew that was true. I mean, there was no way, you know, logically, there was no way that we were going to make it. No matter if we broke the speed record, world record, <laughs> driving the two cars to the airport, we still couldn't get there in time to make our flight. On top of that, we still had to work out the logistics of driving two rental cars back to the off-airport car rental place and take a shuttle back to the airport to catch the plane. So even if a bunch of the group took care of checking in all the baggage and everything else at the airport, drop them off first, two of us at least had to go return the cars and do that. There was no way that the two of us who drove the cars to the rental agency return place could get back in time on the shuttle to make it, I mean, even to the airport, much less the gate or onto the plane. And the plane was totally due to depart on schedule. Well, fortunately, the whole group of us were accustomed to having miracles at any given time. So we just did what we needed to do to get to the airport, unload, check in, return the cars, and get back to get into the plane to fly home. I can't explain how it all happened other than that a miracle happened, but it did. We all got on board the plane with all luggage checked in safely in time for an on-time departure. Isn't that great? Like a commercial for, what was it? Aloha Airlines at that time. <laughs> no matter how any of us, we all, you know, calculated the time, what we had to do, and we, it would have normally taken us you know, one of us, at the very least, two hours to accomplish what we did in less than 45 minutes. And the two-hour minimum estimate was based on just one of us, not two whole families with little kids in tow. Of course, I feel that we had the miracle because there were eight of us all in agreement that miracles were not only possible, but much more dependable when push came to shove in life. Miracles blossom more easily with more people in good communication with one another. I'm grateful that I can say that I'm not only living the miracle, I'm a living miracle many times over. <laughs> When it's I true. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> Literally. When I returned to life here on Earth after my third near-death experience, which happened as a sudden cardiac arrest while exercising in the gym, Raphael told me the story about how all the doctors, nurses, hospital chaplains, and others came to her in the waiting room while doctors were operating on me and I was still in a coma. They all told her the same thing. If, and that's a big if, your husband survives this, he's not going to return as the man you married. 
<laughs> they were trying to prepare her for the shock. At the best that could be hoped for, they believed I would survive, but I would return mentally quite deficient or brain dead. That's what their facts told them since I've been dead over 10 or 12 minutes minimum with no oxygen getting to my brain. But Raphael, would, tell, would you tell our audience, maybe after we get back from the uh, first break, would you tell our audience the rest of your experience of that miracle and how it unfolded for you? I would love to do that. Our first break is coming up, and we have two exciting weekends I want to talk about where you can see us in person. First, from Friday, April 26th through Sunday, April 28th, Michael and I will have our Living the Miracle radio show booth at the New Living Expo in beautiful San Mateo, California, so you can stop by and see us in person. As a bonus, at 7 p.m. on Friday, that's on the 26th of the Expo, Michael will be giving a 45-minute talk titled, Where Do You Go When You Sleep at Night? For all the details, you can go online to the website for the New Living Expo, and it's simply newlivingexpo.com. Then Michael will teach a whole seminar weekend devoted to exploring your out-of-body psychic experience and astral life. Saturday and Sunday, May 4th and 5th, will be at the Hilton Garden Inn in Calabasas in the greater L.A. area. Michael will be teaching two amazing all-day seminars from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day. Where are you when you're not here, waking up to your out-of-body experiences? And Sunday, what do you do in your astral life? Psychic tools to get more done while you sleep on Sunday. If you'd like to expand your awareness of your eternal life and who you truly are and fulfill your purpose, these seminars will help you. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamura.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during regular business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in a couple of minutes and continue to have a miracle today. See you in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your hosts, Colleen Biggs and Dee Daniels, speak with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get back to our topic for today, which is have a miracle today. Well, Michael was talking about um, his near death, his his big near death experience when he was um, in surgery and in a coma, and I had the experience of having. Uh, I've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure, but some of you who have uh, are just tuning in, you might enjoy this story. Um, I was in the waiting room for seven hours do, during Michael's surgery and the time that they wouldn't let me in until he was waking up, which he never did that night. <laughs> um, but it was seven hours of emotional agony because he's my partner and I love him dearly, just like any of you with a partner that you love dearly. So it's so interesting when you've been doing practices for your most of your adult life as I have and you're faced with such an incredible uh, challenge as this so I was very aware that that's what this was for me for Michael he was going through his own growth and his own decision making process he might live he might die and I knew that because I could feel it going on and um, intuitively I knew he was going to make it But as the doctors, nurses, hospital administrators, even ministers came and went over that seven-hour period while I was in the waiting room, every one of them kept saying to me, he's not going to be the man you married. He's not going to be the man you married. (laughs) And for the first couple of times, I sort of ignored it. But after about the fourth time, and this happened many times over that period of time, because I, I think they thought I wasn't listening or something. Um, I finally got started getting a little upset about it, which wasn't good because I know when I get upset, I get off my path. I get off track from where I need to be. So the first thing I did within myself was I, I forgave everyone for doing this because they're just doing their job, just like a cop giving a ticket. <laughs> you know, they're just <laughs> doing their job and um, they're not wanting to have this person in the uh, waiting room freaking out when when they find out, you know, uh, that they weren't told that this might be a possibility. So what I did was I 
I went into a bit of a meditation and the first thing I got was get out of the hospital for a few minutes. So I went downstairs and and sat on a bench right out of the front door of this big hospital. And it's very funny because some man came up to me and said, you look like Laura Schlesinger, (laughs) who is a very well-known radio show host uh, of the Christian variety, I do believe, uh, or a religious type of person. And uh, I have no idea what she looks like, so I don't know if I look like her, but it made me laugh, which was the first time I had laughed in many, many hours. (laughs) So Spirit sent somebody to make me laugh. And by the way, that was before we had our own radio show. So I was sitting there just kind of taking in the beautiful day in the air, and I got the uh, nudge from my spirit guides to call a friend of mine who is known as a miracle healer. And I thought, okay, well, she's always very busy. Uh, She runs a a national organization for helping abused kids, and she's she's always traveling everywhere. I doubt seriously she's going to pick up the phone, but I'll follow my intuition and call her. And I did. And she was actually in New York City walking into a gigantic uh, toy company uh, for the for the reason of trying to get a, a contract for donations for her organization for her kids. But she picked up my call and she said, all right, Raphael, um, I will pray for Michael with you um, tonight and I'll call you when I'm done. And that was all, you know, that took like about two minutes and she was able to get on with her day and I was able to get back up to the room. And um, eventually they told me he was he was out of danger and he was still unconscious. So to go home, to go to the hotel and to get some sleep, which I did. And my miracle friend uh, woke me up at five in the morning and she said to me, I've been up all night praying, and you've been with me in spirit. And I said, I'm glad to hear that. And she said, the Holy Spirit came to me. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an aspect of God that's here in this universe. So I said, I'm listening. And she said, the Holy Spirit said to tell you this. Do not believe the doctors, nurses, administrators, and ministers, and everybody trying to prepare you for Michael's brain damage, because he has none. The only thing that will tip him over into going into having brain damage from this whole thing is if you believe it to be so. And I went, you know, I can do this. I can do this. Thank you very much, and we spoke for a few more minutes. I hung up the phone, I got up, went to the hospital, and Michael was awake. And oh, did I have my challenges ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm much more challenging awake than, you know, bed. <laughs> well, <clears throat> when he came to, he couldn't remember anything for more than about three to five minutes. So I'd tell him something, and three or five minutes later, he would ask me um, the same question over. And the main question he had for me was, what am I doing here in this hospital? So I had to tell him so many times, I finally pulled out my phone and videoed (laughs) myself telling him, and every time he asked, I showed him the video, and his own reaction, which was always the same every time. (laughs) And he was in the hospital for five days after his surgery, and the day I took him home, um, it was very, very challenging because I had to go first to a a store, to a a Costco, actually, which is this big, giant store in California. I don't know if it's in other states. 
And I had to leave him in the car. It was 110 degrees out. So I had to leave the car on with air conditioning. And I didn't have a piece of paper to write down, don't leave the car. So he wouldn't forget that. (laughs) So I told him about 10 times. I went into the Costco and I was in line to get the prescription. And the line was really long that day. And as I was in line, I felt him getting out of the car. So I asked the lady behind me, can you hold my place? I think I have to go rescue my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I ran out into this big parking lot, and there he was about 100 feet away from the car, wandering about. And I I got him. I got him back in the car. And I said, okay, you have to stay in the car. I was able to go back, get the uh, get the drugs that he needed, which is a just the kind of drugs they give for someone with a, a heart surgery. And um, I took him home. And before I left Costco, uh, one of the things I did was I picked up a couple of those um, whiteboards because I figured if he had no memory, I was going to have to uh, tell him where he was and what happened if he woke up in the middle of the night. So we got home, which was an hour and a half drive. I put him to bed, and um, th- and we were able to both rest that night. And when we got up in the morning, I, I got up before him, before he was uh, awake and doing anything. And once he woke up, I came into the room and said a thing or two to him, and I walked out, and I wanted to test his memory. So I waited about eight minutes, and I went back in, and I said, do you remember what I said eight minutes ago? And he did. (laughs) He remembered. And um, during that entire time that he was going through this no memory thing, uh, nobody communicated to me about it. And I tried to talk to the doctors, and they wouldn't talk to me about it. They just would turn around and walk away from me. It's like, why isn't anyone telling me what's going on here? So anyway, we got home, and he was he was able to start coming back, and he started to remember. But I kept that vision that this was not going to be permanent. It was temporary, and that he would have his entire brain function back. And the only thing he really did lose was memory of the nine days before he had the whole incident happen. So I thought that was a good trade-out. He he lost nine days of his life in his uh, conscious memory. And then five days And then after. the five days after, um, he could not remember. As he started uh, being able to have his memory, uh, his short-term memory, um, the long-term memory of those days uh, never came back to him, or at least they've come back in bits and pieces. But the point of this whole story is that I kept that vision that he was going to be all right, even though what was in front of me was telling me otherwise. Yes, I think that's an important, very important part. And I, from my side, that was more helpful than anything else for Raphael to have the certainty, huh, you know, he's fine. Well, the thing is, I'm fine either way. So if somebody gets all bent out of shape about where I'm at or how I am and all of that stuff, that just makes it incredibly difficult for the one who's going through it to go through it and come out in the best place possible on the other side. It's it's so funny because, uh, hey, memory is kind of overrated, I think, because uh, I lost those, whatever, 14, 15 days of memory. And to this day, 
Ah, I have no idea other than what Raphael and other people have told me afterwards when I start to be able to remember again. But I I have all these funny, the, my first reaction when Raphael told me the story that she just told you with everybody telling her, you know, he's not going to be the man you married. <laughs> my first reaction was, you should have just, uh, after the first one, you should have just said, oh, thank God, I was getting <laughs> tired of him. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we do. We we have to joke about it, yeah. make fun, because, like, remember she said, when she was sitting on that bench outside the hospital, some total stranger comes and says something to her that made her laugh. And that changes the whole space. So amusement, we, we talk about that all the time on the show because it's so pertinent to being able to have a miracle, any miracle, anytime, is you have to be happy with yourself. Amusement just means laughing, smiling, being happy, you know, at least a little bit. It's the starting point. Amusement is the starting point of all healing. People get really serious because healing is serious business if you're very sick or dead. (laughs) And so, but if you don't find at least an inkling of amusement, the vibration, the energy, remember, everything in life, everything in the world, everything in the universe, down to the subatomic particle, it's all energy. So, energy is everything. What kind of energy do you think would bring about a miracle for you? When you're down in the dumps or when you're happy, joyous, enthusiastic, cheerful, and, and I don't mean, you know, the kind of fake pretend cheerfulness, uh, all that stuff. No, you could be happy with yourself, even if you're unhappy with what's going on in life, what's going on in the world. I mean, it would be pretty insane for me to say, oh, you got to be happy all the time about everything. And that's not true. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that I'm not happy about in the world. But that's no reason for me to stop being happy with myself and my life. Because the happier I am with myself and my life, the more effective I am in doing something about the things that I'm, I don't agree with, that I think is pretty terrible happening in the world. Huh. But if I'm all depressed, if I'm, you know, grief stricken and just down and out, am I going to be of any, there's no power there. There's no ability to affect the change. Ah, no healing. So, yes, sometimes things will get me down and I'll have to go, okay, I'm, I'm not in a very good place. So, I have to decide, oh yeah, amusement. Can I laugh at myself? Yeah, I'm looking at myself from above. (laughs) Usually when we're in pain and stuff, we're not in the body anyway. I go above and I look down at the body and this personality 
person that I am, sitting there and go, oh, yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I look like a, I look like a kid with a uh, face to the corner of the room with a dunce cap on, you know, and the teacher said, okay, go sit over there, bad, bad mm-hmm. dog. <laughs> and that gets me cheered up. And I go, oh, yeah, you know, this is life. Things go up, things go down, sometimes things go crashing. And we got to be able to go, okay, so what's the next step? That's the other thing about miracles. Miracles exist out of time. It's not in the world of time and space. And so it's only when we get in the present, right here, right now, that miracles pop up. That we, as people, individuals, can have the experience of a miracle is when we get in the present. But as long as we're regretting the past, we're going to be anxious about the future, and we're not in the present. Well, we've got our second break coming up. So if you don't already have a copy of Michael's wonderful and profound first book, You Are the Answer, Discovering and Fulfilling Your Soul's Purpose, you can get it through our website or through Amazon.com. It'll certainly be worth your while to read it, or you can even call our office, 530-926-2650, to order it during regular business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. When we return, we'll continue with Have a Miracle Today. We're looking forward to seeing you in a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in for Five Blossom Radio. Each week, host Denise Richard will discuss common interests in the fields of art, health, and spirituality. The series is arranged into three parts, focusing on Five Blossom Gatherings, the Four Voices Program, and Fires of Compassion. Every program is available on demand, so if you miss any part of the series live, be sure to catch up. Five Blossom Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections, the connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's so great to have you back. Ready to have a miracle today? Well, that's what we're here for on this show. To not only have a miracle, but to learn to live the miracle each and every day. Thank you for joining us. Well, you know, when I told that story about um, what I went through when Michael was going through his big physical crisis at the hospital, um, I talked about uh, how I proceeded with handling the energy and taking my next steps, including calling my, what I called my miracle friend. Um, but really, I, I know I deserve and uh, are okay with receiving a miracle. And it's because I've practiced saying hello to miracles for a very long time. And I'm not saying that as an ego. I'm saying that as just a mere practice of I could have a miracle of something happening that would make that would ease the pain of what was going on for both Michael and me during that incident. But the other part of it for me was also accepting what was meant to be for this whole experience. So if he had come back with brain damage, um, I would I already had worked it out within myself. That's why I bought the whiteboards Mm -hmm. that I was going to deal with it one way or another and I would figure out how to get help for it later. But at that moment, the help that I asked for was in joining with someone else in prayer, basically, in that help. Mm -hmm. And so prayer or meditation, it's all the same thing. It's got the same power to it it and it says hello to the same uh, God, if you will, the the higher level of the universe that answers us when we ask for things. So um, I wanted, Michael, could you talk to everybody about how can they integrate having and bringing in a miracle and feeling deserving of a miracle in a, a simple daily practice? Yes. Well, you know, I was just thinking, we live in a world today of... I mean, so many disasters and things to be afraid of and, and worried about and from personal health to to world cataclysms. <laughs> Climate change, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And so in, in the governmental levels and whatnot, there's agencies, preparedness, right? Uh, what do you, disaster preparedness agencies and does, uh, uh Calculism, uh <laughs> preparedness, nuclear preparedness, um, all these kinds of preparedness. And I was just thinking, oh, wouldn't that be great just to have one agency, miracle preparedness agency? <laughs> I think that would be us. Yes. And others who are teaching similar things. So you're prepared. How do you prepare for a miracle? Just like in these disaster situations and whatnot, Hey, if you don't know what to do, sometimes you don't have the luxury of time to go, okay, let's look it up on Google what to do when there's a, you know, uh, a blast going off or or a fire happens or Or whatever. Or a 50-foot wave coming at you. Yeah, (laughs) it's coming right now. (laughs) No time to 
Look it up. <laughs> so you got to be prepared. Okay. Well, how about having miracles? Yeah, you have to be prepared for that as well. So what does it take to prepare ourselves on a daily basis for having miracles? There's no limits. Miracles have no limits, right? So we can't be bound by a bunch of limits for us to be able to have miracles. So one of the preparations is being very attentive to how we limit ourselves in our mind all the time, from the time we wake up in the morning. You know, uh, some of us wake up, we start to come to, and oh yeah, maybe the alarm clock goes off. Oh yeah, oh another day, oh I can't deal with this. <laughs> oh no, today is going to be a bad day. Oh no, today I have too much to do. I didn't get enough sleep. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> so, I mean, we're not even out of bed and are we going to limit ourselves? Oh, I can't function unless I have my espresso or whatever. Huh. I hear a lot of people saying things like that. Or I hear a lot of people thinking things like that. <laughs> it gets kind of noisy. And and so huh, it starts right there as you're coming back into the body. Because anybody listening to the show, you must be aware. Hey, you don't just all of a sudden wake up in a body and you didn't exist before. No. You've been. You are your spiritual beingness. And so you're conscious, you're, you got energy, you are active, creative, way before you wake up in the morning. Okay? Some of you are just starting to get the idea that, oh yeah, what, what do I do while I'm sleeping at night? Huh, the body's sleeping. I'm not. Uh-huh. I had a great time on the astral last night <laughs> got a lot done so waking up most of you are probably aware you start to come in come back like landing a plane you know you're it's not a sudden boom you're awake no you're coming in and go okay i'm i'm sort of starting to come in you're not all the way in it's like, I'm into my eyeballs. <laughs> you come in from the top down, right? <laughs> I'm definitely not into my toes yet. <laughs> and so there's this, you know, it could be anywhere from a few seconds, if the alarm's going off really loud or something, to, hey, sometimes it takes minutes. You're settling in. If you have the luxury of what do you call it, of lying around in the bed for a while and in the morning, oh, you can start to go, oh yeah, I'm coming back in. Sometimes it's a smoother landing, other times it's kind of rough. You come in and the first thing you start to experience is pain. And Or let's say you've, you've been in a, a really difficult, emotional, stressful time and you come back in, well, when you're out, that's all gone, but you come back in and, oh yeah, Yes, you know, I lost a friend yesterday, things like that. And you start to have all that emotional experience and everything. So as you're coming in, what's the first decision you make? That's important. It sets the tone 
for the whole day, as a matter of fact. So what I try to do, as I'm coming back in, the first thing I'm remembering is, oh yeah, I'm coming back in. It's not the same as where I was just a few moments ago in spirit. Completely different. Oh, this is, I'm coming back into my body, into this world, 3D, time and space. Okay. And so I'm coming in and I remind myself, oh yeah, what's the most important thing? And I go, ah, to turn my awareness inward, to turn my awareness to that vastness, that limitlessness, that undividedness, that eternity. Ah, because our tendency when we get into the body is everything goes out. There's the world. I got to get dressed. I got to get showered, you know, get a jet dress and go to work, blah, blah, blah. I got to make breakfast. Blah, 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 blah. Feed the kids, take yeah, care of the dog. Exactly. So it all just jumps out. So we need a moment. All it takes is a moment to turn our awareness back in. Doesn't mean we're going to sit in some kind of a stupor or trance all day long and get nothing done. No, we're going to move forward. But from a place of awareness, from a place where my sight, just like Raphael was talking about earlier, she set her sight on me being fine, right? Instead of all the things that could be wrong or go wrong. No, I set my sight on the limitless, the eternal, on that which gives us everything, including miracles. So if I'm not turned, if my awareness isn't turned toward the source of miracles, that which gives everything limitlessly, then what's my chances of receiving anything? Not a whole lot. Okay, so that's how I try to set my beginning of the day. I turn my awareness inward to that which gives everything. Huh. So then, okay, first step, like we talk about most of these shows, grounding. Oh yeah, connecting my first chakra to the center of the earth. I am coming in. I am here in this world, in this body. So, at least for the course of the rest of this day, I'm going to be here. Great. It's like a commitment. Yeah. Grounding, one of the aspects of grounding is commitment not only to be in your body, but in this world right here, right now, every moment. So, that's why grounding is so important. It helps you with following through on that commitment, being here. Even if you get kind of bummed out and you split for a while, you remind yourself to come back, commit yourself to being here. And then the other thing is exactly what Raphael was talking about. Am I worthy? Do I deserve to have all that I need, all that I would like to in my pursuit of fulfilling my purpose here in life? Of course, yeah. It's just like every child deserves the love of the parents. Every child deserves to be fed, clothed, given an education, 
you know, everything. So, huh, so am I. And so this is important, very important aspect to reflect upon, even throughout the day, is we call it miracle havingness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Can I have a miracle today? It's and, not a grabbiness, no. but it's a receivingness. And it's not a neediness. It's, hey, I don't, I, I'm not in a crisis or anything like that, and can I have a miracle today? Yes, absolutely. So what gets in between me and being able to have a miracle? Well, thoughts that come up that limits. Oh, well, I don't really need, you know, there's more, uh, millions of people more needy than I am for a miracle. No, miracle's not limited to one person or a handful or the first people to ask for it. No, no. Miracles are available for everyone a million times over. So what are we limiting? Anytime the limiting thoughts come up, that's one of the first things, constant level of, of attention for me is, oh, Wait a minute. I just thought, oh, I can't do this. Or this is too much. Or this is impossible. Or, I mean, nobody could do this. All those kinds of thoughts come up when you're faced with, you know, challenging tasks even. Or something you haven't done before. Oh, God, I can't do that. Well, you're dead in the water if you do that, if you believe in that. So when you have those kind of thoughts, Ah, oh, remember, imagining that image of a rose. Ah, oh, beautiful rose. And then putting all those thoughts, all those mental images, all those feelings that I'm not competent, I can't, da-da-da, limits. Just throw it in there and go, kaboom! Imagine it exploding. Let it all go. Give yourself all the energy you need. Bring in those cold suns. And just go, okay. I'm ready to have a miracle today. Yes. And once again, we've come to the end of our show. We're so blessed and grateful that you chose to be with us today from all around this beautiful planet. Wherever you may be tuning in from in the world, catch us again next Wednesday. And in that next show, we'll show you how to clean up, tune up, and charge up your chakras. Remember to check details about our Living the Miracle radio booth and Michael's talk at the New Living Expo and our sure-to-be Extraordinary Seminar Weekend in Calabasas, May 4th and 5th on our website, michaeltomorrow.com. And by the way, have a joy-filled Easter weekend, everyone. Until we get together again, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle With Michael and Raphael Tamora, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.